0: Hi, I'm Deborah. Um, I was going to start with, uh, I came out 20 years ago. Um, I was 40, and um, Al-Anon was where I, was my safe haven. Um, I was going to a meeting at 909 Belmont in Chicago. Um, and it was in 1998, so I've been in Al-Anon um, since about 18 years and three months. I have it written down. <laughs> and um, I, it was an open meeting, but it was gay-friendly. Um, and it still is today. It's, a, it's my home group. And um, I remember when um, I came into uh, discovering I was gay late in life, obviously, and um, I didn't know how to, what to do, or how to do it, or what to look like, or, it was not, anyway. So I was looking to this meeting, it was a gay meeting, mostly women, um, to model for me. So it was really important that I was at a gay meeting. Um, and I share this because I remember last year being at um, the LGBT panel at the state convention, and I remember people sharing that, it, some, it's important to some people being in a gay meeting and, and it's important to some others that it didn't matter. And it was really important to me to identify with some women that were um, identified as lesbians. Um, and um, I was like starving for that um, modeling at the time. Um, today it's different. Um, but I just, every Saturday morning, um, I, uh, you know, that's, that was my place to go. Uh, to back up a little bit, I did not grow up in an alcoholic home. I grew up uh, with a father that was affected by alcoholism who um, was a little bit on the raging side. Um, my parents did not know I was gay for a while I didn't share it with anyone, so I was a, timid and I was afraid to tell anyone. So being in this meeting was a place that felt safe. Um, I didn't probably tell them for oh, good eight years. I was being discriminated at work, so there was no place to go with it. Um, and it took me a long time to tell them, um, and the I had a, a, a sponsor that happened to be lesbian. I didn't didn't pick her because she was a lesbian. She just happened to be one. Um, and it was really helpful. Uh, I got a sponsor right away. Um, I got uh, referred to al through a, uh, an outside entity, a therapist, actually. Um, I was in a relationship at the time with someone that was an alcoholic, or we thought was an alcoholic, um, and she thought it would be helpful. And I started right away and didn't, didn't ever look back uh and that happened to be the meeting I went to that was open and alanon or gay friendly and sh- never stopped since never have never stopped since and um, that has been my home group ever since and it never it's always been at the alano club at 909 belmont so it's really funny that um, the people have changed it's not all gay anymore which is actually good um, it's very mixed now and it's a, 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 a wide range of folks, and um, they're wonderful. Um, and it doesn't matter that it's just gay folks anymore to me. But it, um, and the world has changed since because now um, it's recognized that we can get married. And since then, I've been, I'm married um, to a woman, and um, life has changed. But at the beginning, it was really important to me that I, there were people I could identify with that were openly talking about it in the meeting. Um, and I eventually told my parents, and they uh, were very uh, accepting of it. My mom was afraid initially. She um, said, don't tell your father. and. Um, my sponsor was really helpful with that process and the steps and I just want to share a little bit about my Al-Anon process too. I think my relationship with my um, uh sponsor was really helpful. The, the whole process of Al Anon was helpful with uh, you know, I always say my sponsor was really that that relationship was really helpful in, in aligning myself with um, higher power. Um, because I don't I can't do Al Anon without uh, the relationship with higher power and my sponsor is really, uh, that relationship has really been helpful. Uh, I talked to her every week, not for 18 years, I've talked to her every single week. Um, she has really, um, she knows me, um, and I'm really thankful for the history that she knows, that she has with me. Um, she'll remind me on a daily basis what what it was like, and what it's like now. And um, and that doesn't have anything to do with being gay. <laughs> it just has to do with who I am today. So that part is slowly, uh, the anxiety around that has has lifted. And it's just who I am today. And that has been helpful. Um, the, what else I wanna share with you? I think the steps, the steps are a framework for me today. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just retired in the last year, last six months actually, and I have a pleasure of going to meetings daily, and they're all over the city, and I go to meetings with some women that have been in the program for 30 years, and um, they, one of them said to me lately, you know, it's just a way of life, El you know, is for me today, and you know, the framework of the steps are something I lean into on a daily basis and are something that I can um, be reminded of and um, help, are helpful on a daily basis I also know talking to my sponsor um, um, the slogans calling people I think just uh, I don't know. Just uh, I think the relationship with higher power is the biggest gift I've had from this program, and um, and the gift from from the state of of uh, being able to be married is the other gift, <laughs> uh, which has really helped helped me. Uh, being a, a woman and being um, gay has has really lifted that anxiety of. Being out in the world, so I think I'll, I'll stop at that. But I'm really appreciative of being here today and being here at the conference and um, speaking. Mm-hmm. So thank you for listening.
1: Hi everybody, my name is Joe, and I'm a grateful member of Al-Anon. Hey, Joe. Hi, Joe. I'm also kind of sleepy member, so if I fidget or wander, I'm sorry, but um, thanks for asking uh, to be on the panel. and um, I'm kind of a garden variety gay, I guess, you know, um, you know, just some Catholic kid and grew up in the suburbs in St. Louis, which is kind of where we're all from, and then we all move somewhere glamorous or whatever. Um, so I came out when I was a freshman in college. And um, I had been so emotionally frozen growing up that I was not aware that I was depressed. And that ice kind of broke on that, you know, at the end of my senior year in high school. And then we were off to the races in college, and I would be top of the world, and then down here and this and that. And I had friends, and they were, like, coaching me to go to the health center and say, well, just say that in these general terms, I'm like, can't I just say give me some lithium and see if it helps me? And they're like, no, you, you can't ask for, I'm like, uh, whatever. Um, and um, I'm not convinced that would have been the answer looking back. Um, but I came out of the closet and um, pretty quickly stumbled into a community um, and I was pretty much okay with the gay thing part of it's awkward like how do you come out to people and so my sophomore year I moved to the Performing arts residence hall um, and um, my friend who um, um, African American who was a engineering student he was like built like OJ Simpson and talked like Michael Jackson but um, he was, his parents were like, why are we spending an extra $200 to go to the performing arts dorm? And he was like, well, they have cheese on the salad bar. I mean, he, we didn't. But there were probably 10 of us out of the 400 that year that were gay, like all our friends had, like, gotten apartments. And I think nine of us had dinner every night, you know, along with, like, two allies in that. And that was just really comforting and nice to me. Um, The next year I lived there, there were 40 of us out of 400, and only like three were ever talking to each other at one time. So um, welcome to the gay community. Um, But what I became aware of is that I was pretty darn comfortable with my sexuality. It's everything else I was super ashamed of, you know. And um, but I stumbled through college and it was, you know, the best of times and the worst of times. And when I got out of college, things became more manageable. I I held a job, I had a few friends, I dated a few times a year, but I just had this realization that this was it, like it was the least miserable I'd ever been, but it was going to never be better. And I wanted change, which I've gotten in buckets. Um, And then somewhere in there, I. Started going to a therapist and I think that may have opened me enough to go to Al Anon. I, I think the week before, well, well, I think the precipitating factor is a friend of mine, his ex was going to adult child of alcoholics Al Anon meetings and although I'd never met Andy, I really thought I wanted to. And so that's why I went to my first meeting was to try and meet this elusive Andy who um, I never did. I had to think of his name right now. I'm like, who is that guy? Um, So I'm always interested in um, why Al-Anon stay, you know. And if you have a lot of recovering AA friends, a fun game to play is, what's the weirdest job you've had? And some of them are like, I worked at a ice cream shop, combination ice cream shop and gun store. I mean, they just had the weirdest jobs. But I like to ask Al-Anons, why did, you, why did you come to Al-Anon? And it's, you know, well, I was going to hook up with Andy, and so-and-so was going to make their mom better. And, I mean, we, we have some interesting. Um, and then on a spiritual level, I really will, I love hearing why you stay. Um, but the sassy part of me kind of likes hearing why people came at first, because they're, um, you know, whatever. Um, but the meetings I was going to had a lot of recovering alcoholics in them, and I liked that because I liked them. Um, they really brought the discipline and the steps into the rooms, which I appreciated. I didn't participate in that, but I really appreciated it um, and um, I just um, it w- then it was like I just stumbled over all these um there's a Book about someone's recovery experience, and it says I'm having a feeling festival. After not having any feelings for years, um, I'm having a feeling festival. And these aren't all the good ones. Um, person was an alcoholic. These are the ones I specifically medicated to avoid. And um, I identified that, but my medication was shutting down and obsession obsessive relationships. I mean, that was like my high. I had no clue what to do if I Got in one, but I defined my life by the need to be in one and um it was like coming out ten years later, like coming out as a human being um, and I realized that kind of like Kathy said like and I don't want to use like nineties therapy language, but like the shame of being sexual, the same shame of being anything that would be considered needy. Um, that sprayed around our family, you know, which we never spoke of, but um, and I was like i don 't believe in sex before marriage, and I was really believe that and I got to college i 'm like oh i didn 't really want sex with a woman before marriage and i mean i just i didn 't even understand like it 's a little grayer you know but I was right there, and I was older than that, and my sister and my sister-in-law were saying, like, can you imagine somebody having an affair? And they're like, oh, can you imagine? So I put my little self-righteous hat on. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then one of them said, like, you finally get used to one person. Why would you go through that again? And um, I just, it was a perspective I just hadn't, I'm still approaching it from that kind of Victorian, you know, place. And they were like, oh, my God, that's a lot of work and um i 've come to find out all of my siblings are um, we had that same experience we all thought we were the only one, and we all really dealt with our sexuality although i 'm the only one that 's gay and um, and we didn 't know each other felt that till like four years ago you know um, I really, really liked the community and the gay meetings, and it was then we we started off in a church basement and we had to turn the oven on in the winter because it was so cold and and um that was still that was kind of like the bars in Topeka where I went to college and um they had an old stove too but um the the community was really great and then they opened up a a club, a gay clubhouse in St Louis somewhere in my first year and um and i um Got. I went to a lot of open AA meetings there and really, like, felt a part of, which I really not, had never felt part of any group. Um, at some point along the line, the meetings shifted, and the adult-child Al-Anon meetings either closed or whatever. And so I was going to a meeting at um, a different place that, of course, someone recommended, because it's like, I'll change my entire life through the steps, but I can't go to another meeting, because what if the opening's different, and I can't stand it? Um, But then someone was like, well, is it a gay meeting? And I'm like, every week I go it is. You know, because I just really felt comfortable there. And I think I'm real fortunate in St. Louis we have a lot of recovery, just a lot of Al-Anon and a lot of AA. And I've just not ever felt um, any unacceptance. I mean, to the point where um, I sometimes figure, like, with compassion, like, if somebody was – just really homophobic, and that's where they're coming from, we're not really leaving these issues in the hallway. You know what I mean? It was almost like they would be the minority because the straight people were all coming to the gay club's drag show fundraiser. I mean, it was just all getting mixed up. And um, But then it was really cool, like, to be gay kind of on the road or in recovery and to, to go to that meeting. And then I got chosen to be uh Gr, And then it's I'm going to go to a meeting in the middle of the state, you know, with people from across the whole state of Missouri. And um, I kind of stuck to the edges, you know, St. Louis, Kansas City. But I didn't we didn't really feel comfortable in the middle. And um, I was just overwhelmed with how that was just an outside issue. And it just it was so irrelevant. You know, they were delighted that. Somebody under fifty was there. It was a while ago. Um, and they were delighted that a man was there, you know, or that someone new was there, you know, or a group that hadn't been represented. And you know, I called real timidly to our information office and I I think we're gonna start a gay Al Anon meeting and she's like, It's about time I get all these calls and so she's and this was some old lady that had run the office for a thousand years, and she's like, I keep telling people the good ones that are friendly, but then I'm like, God, how does she, like, how does she even know that? I didn't think anyone her age even heard of gay people, but, um, so I've really been, um, mine has all been my own shame, you know, and that's not everyone's experience, and I know that some people, um, come in really bruised. I know I've, I really struggled with God because, I didn't have a punishing God, you know, and I wasn't raised that way. But there was this other message about don't be needy, don't be emotional, don't be sexual. But the stated, it was just this very um, accepting kind of liberal Catholic view. Um, And so I came to the conclusion that God would work miracles for anyone who would trust him Except for me, I'm on my own, you know, and um, and I was told that story literally from a family member. I won't say on tape. But it was my mom because she would pass the lie detector that she never said that stuff, you know. And I accept that she doesn't remember that. I probably don't accept that I've gone over. No, 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 no? and um, and that's been a good thing for me. And Alanon is. Um, my ex and I were having a conversation in the year before we split up, and he says, "Well, I just don't get it. Why that bothers you?" And I was able to say to myself, "I, I totally agree. You don't get it. It's quite obvious. I mean, that was not set outside because it wouldn't have been constructive, is what we would say. But that ability to, um, or the ability to, not be personally threatened by people who have a different political view on." the gaze or whatever, you know, and just say, if I were in their particular belief system, um, that's very consistent with their belief system. There's some integrity there. I think they're wrong, but there's some integrity there. And then I would go on and say, who I judge is this person over here who's making money of it or getting power off it, you know, feeding that fear. But the actual people are just are people and um, um, in recovery. So... I've, I was, I've, um, the obstacles for me in service, like at the state level, with a lot more people from non-urban areas, was me, you know, was my preconceptions. And, um, and it was, it's just a continual process of, um, you know, of of that. And, um, you know, we get into meetings now, and of course, when we first had the gay club, it was on the second and third floor, and there were people who were sick or people with AIDS, and they were having a hard time with the stairs, and um, we need to get a new place without stairs, you know, blah, blah, blah. and then it, like, felt like the fuse box was catching fire, so we were like, well, it's time to rent somewhere else. And um, and we got another place, now it's first and second floor, so it's a lot fewer stairs. al of course, upstairs. You know, we never get the big room. But um, but now it's like hips and knees, you know, it's like, well so and so's having a knee replacement and I'm like I we're so we're just so normal. You know, it's like we're having these middle aged things. It's not, you know, so and so's twenty eight with HIV, it's somebody's forty eight with a tone, torn rotator disc or whatever the crap we did. Um, and my home group now is no longer at that club. My schedule just doesn't allow it. It's two blocks from my house. And um but I am—I um, feel very, very, very fortunate to have entered the program through that. I'm not sure I would have had it as an easy entry if I – I think it was a great place for me to start. Um, I liken it to the ODAT, which I used to call the King James Version of Al-Anon, you know, thy shalt detach from thy husband. And um, – <laughs> And so I, I was in the, at the time I was in the program, um, Courage to Change and Hope for Today, those were written after I got here. And I was so appreciative because I just, they're just fresher and cleaner, and it's a less, um, it's a less gender-based view and a less, I, 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 my experience wasn't really living with an active alcoholic. Um, my experience was trying to get one. Um, Laughter And I met my partner um, through the club, and they were like, oh, well, obviously you're here because of Jason. I'm like, it took me six years of Al-Anon to be healthy enough to have a relationship with an alcoholic. Um, Because my second longest relationship was six weeks, two of which were one of us avoiding the other one at the end. Um, And... um, but I think that was a good place for me to say, now I, I was at the Toronto International, and somebody said about the reading on July 1st in the ODAT, and I'm like, when did they put this in? This is great. I mean, I love stuff out of the ODAT now, but I just couldn't hear it when I was new. And, um, and that's kind of the way I am. There's a, well, there's one meeting that's, I just, I think meetings are like shoes, and that one just doesn't fit me. And there's other ones that I can love in a special way and say like, well, take some moisturizer, it's a little dry, you know. But I love those dry people. I may want to see them at picnics and not at their home group, but I can appreciate people for where they are. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, being gay in all our affairs or being recovery everywhere. It's challenged me to be comfortable regardless of who I'm talking to. And... um and like I said, I don't know that my experience is typical, but I've just not had any negative reactions that weren't my own. You know, I've had occasion to have straight men speak to me, which is experience I did everything to avoid because um, it was horrifying in gym class in junior high school. So why shouldn't I act that way now? Um, and I was in a Therapy setting in with a person who was also in recovery, and I realized if I hadn't been gay I'd have been him you know it's like you know my issues were more, but everything I was so unique um, and um I'm not all that unique i'm a you know fairly well brought up suburban kid that has depression and undiagnosed a d d and very good but emotionally distant and or repressed parents and you know it's it's not even a billy joel song yet you know it's just it's it's which is what i am um but um it, you know it's like i said that stuff challenges me to be authentic um wherever i am and i'm done for now Thank you,
2: Don't knock down the props. No. <laughs> um, thanks for inviting me to speak, and thanks for my higher power to uh, tell me to say yes. When I saw the email, I thought, just don't respond. Just don't respond. Don't say anything to them. And um, I figure it's probably time to start doing some speaking and doing some more service work. Um, my name is Deb O. I am a grateful member of Al-Anon. Um, I am in District 18, and I go to the Monday Night Elm Street group that's in Alton, Illinois. Um, I landed there seven years ago, and I haven't left. Um, It was a great fit from the minute I walked in. Um, There was no one like me in the meeting. Um, Everybody was married. Everybody had kids or grandkids. um, And um, I was not... A part of any of that when I walked in the door, but I what I saw in Al-Anon was what I needed, which was um, just some recovery with um, being in a relationship with my partner. We've been together now for 22 years, and um, she was an alcoholic probably probably from the day she was born because it's um, it's a disease that is in her family pretty extensively. Um, I didn't see that when we got together when I was 19 because um, gay people go to bars. And back then, that's where you went because that was the only safe place. So you couldn't talk about it at your Methodist college where you went. You couldn't talk about it in your little hometown community. You couldn't really talk about it in your little um, farm family with four siblings and two parents and living on the farm because you're supposed to graduate from high school and get married and start having some kids and, you know, follow in the family footsteps. So I knew that that wasn't my path, and I knew through high school there was something Different, you know, um, hindsight is pretty amusing. Every boyfriend that I kind of tinkered with in high school, which, which meant nothing really for me, but um, they all turned out to be gay. So I think my higher power was putting me in a great situation where it's like, no, you can't screw this up. You're good. Um, uh, I was born in the middle of four kids, middle-ish, I guess, is what that is, um, and got the label when I was very young to be the rock and the peacekeeper and the the person that kind of helps fix stuff. Um, I was the one that you know could listen and whatever. Um, I took that label to heart and I carried that into my relationship. Of you know, my job is to help her. Survive. She's been born into this, you know, family and the disease, and I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what that meant. So as I started um, uh, being out in the, the world more and getting out of the gay bars and actually going out into the world and, and growing up and whatever, um, her, her drinking progressed. And, um, I realized that I, what I was doing wasn't working for me. Um, but I, but I knew for me that that was the relationship that I was supposed to be in at the time for whatever reason. Um, now what I can tell you is I'm extremely grateful that God, um, brought us together because it brought me to Al Anon seven years ago. And even though I was raised in a Methodist church, we went to church every Sunday and that was the focus. Um, it really, Um, I have a better connection with my higher power now and my spirituality than I ever have before um, because it's not based on you have to dress a certain way and go to church at a certain time and whatever. Mine is really a personal connection with my higher power and trusting him to handle all the stuff. Obviously, I screw up pretty frequently. Um, uh, Let's see. So... um, the sponsor that I have um, actually could not be more opposite from what I am in, in every area of life, um, sexual orientation, family dynamics, uh, politically, everything. We are polar opposites, and yet it is the best fit ever. Um, because of that uh, open-mindedness of al that all of those labels and things that you have outside of our program, you can drop those at the door um, because it's just about love. It's just about no expectations other than just show up and love unconditionally. Um, I wish that there was more of that out in the world, and I suppose we all spread that as we go Go through our lives, um, those of us that have recovery and have the Al-Anon program. Um, I, when when I met my partner, I, I started going to family interactions with her family, and it was. Pretty frightening to see um, how alcoholism had changed the communication in her family and all of the family events and everything and i I really was very um I guess I was really still pretty cocky and thinking we don't have any of that in our family I don't know if this is crazy I don't know what this is um my uh, my my dad's uh, dad passed away, my grandfather, after I'd been in the program for about a year. And um, we were at Grandma and Grandpa's house, and we were comforting Grandma. And um, I had a call from one of my Al-Anon friends. And so I took my phone, and I went out in their garage, and I just kind of slid down on the garage wall. And I'm sitting on the garage floor like, oh, my gosh, I can't. My partner's drinking because she's stressed out now, and I'm depressed and sad and whatever. And there was an entire box of serenity prayer things that Grandma had in the garage there was wall hangings, there was bookmarks, there were not Al-Anon brochures, but she had an entire tote full of Serenity things and there was a poster that was leaning on the inside of this tote that I could see from where I was sitting on her garage floor and I just lost it because I thought, okay, it's okay now, you know, because that's exactly what I needed to see that started me having a dialogue with my dad Um, Because I said, you know, maybe one serenity prayer I could understand. But there was an entire box of things that she had tucked away in the garage. And um, he started to share with me that um, Grandpa had been a functioning alcoholic his entire life. And that he used to, I guess he worked on the railroad years ago and used to, like, fall asleep on the tracks. And Grandma would go and chase him through the night and get him and bring him back home. Because you didn't want any of the neighbors to know that. And um, at that point, I hadn't yet told my parents that my partner was an alcoholic and that I was going to Al-Anon. So, um, you know, our higher power puts things in order for us. And so it opened up some great conversations with my parents about how that had affected them, um, about um, our s- couple of my siblings, and um, about the relationship that I'm in, and um uh, I shared with Dad that I, you know, again, in the gay community where you meet people and hang out and have activities is in the gay bars. And so um, I spent a lot of my nighttime, when I should have been sleeping, um, I spent a lot of my time going on a scavenger hunt and looking for my alcoholic i um, driving around town, you know, checking the local places, calling my people, have you seen her, do you know, um, and it was a horrible scavenger hunt. And I was sleepy, and I was stressed when I got to work, and I usually didn't find her, which was probably a blessing, and then I got in the doors of Al-Anon, and um, I heard other people saying that that's what they did to try to protect their loved ones. And I started hearing, um, uh, especially my sponsors started, um, sharing with me that it's okay to detach. Doesn't mean you don't love them. It means that you love them enough to detach. And, um, that's probably saved our relationship. It's definitely saved my sanity on most days. Um, and, uh, it's, it's helped the, the program has helped me to not be isolated. Um, again, for my experience, a lot of the activities in the gay bar were, that was where you isolated yourselves in your little safe zone. Those were the people that got you. Those were the people that when you'd see out in the community, you could be like, oh, okay, good, okay. Um, and so for Al-Anon, um, after living with an alcoholic, I had also isolated myself, again, back into the, I don't want people to come over. Don't invite the nieces and nephews over because you just don't know what it's going to be like at home. Um, don't host family gatherings at your place. Go to theirs. Um, so I had I had gone back into an isolation period of my life, and Al-Anon helps kind of open all of that up. Um, I always know now, um, because of the program that I'm very grateful for, I always need to have a plan B. Um, I don't need to make excuses. For my partner, if she is having a day that she's not going to participate socially with anybody, that's okay. I'm going on with my plans. If that means travel, if that means meeting up with friends, um, and that's just good, healthy balance. And that that's what Al-Anon um, did for me. Um, the other part for me is service work. Um, I um, let me back up a little bit. You know. Um, the speakers have talked about kind of coming out and that process and, and, and everything. Um, it's still something that I, I'm very comfortable in my own skin now with my sexuality, but every time a new member comes into our group, um, it's something that I have to consider because, um, by, by mere virtue of me sharing my experience, I'm pretty much coming out to a stranger again. And so it's not, you know, I think sometimes people think coming out is an event. It's not. It's a journey because every new person at work, every new person in my meeting causes me to pause for just a minute. Um, I'm fine with carrying on with what I'm going to say, but it just causes me to pause. Um, my, I think I've educated my partner quite a bit. <laughs> she's probably had more had more uh, communication about the uh, the gay world than she's probably had in her entire life and uh you know i think it's it's good for both of us it's kind of pushes us to grow but um this program is about connecting um it's about service work for me it's about not being isolated um it's about being true regardless of who's around you and knowing that um god made me he made me this way and it's good um, and I'm glad you guys are here I'm a little sad it's not there's not more people here but I'm also very grateful there's not very many, <laughs> many people here
1: <laughs> thank you for all of our panelists for uh, speaking and sharing um, we're gonna open up the uh, the floor